Hey everyone, I'm John Steele, and this is After Four, a podcast for InterVarsity alumni. Life after college is hard, and even a great experience with your InterVarsity chapter doesn't shield you from the challenges of transition. As we hear stories from real alumni learning how to make it in their post-InterVarsity reality, my hope is that this podcast will offer some encouragement, a few laughs, and even some hope for the future. This is After Four, and these are your stories. Hey everyone, we're back, and so are you. Wow, it's so great to be hanging out again. And if this is your first time listening, welcome to After Four, the podcast for InterVarsity alumni. I know we've been on a little bit of a break here, but we're excited to get rolling again. I know I'm like two months late, but happy 2021. You made it. The great thing about coming late to the conversation about the new year is that we don't have to deal with all the posturing and pretense of resolutions. By now, those things are in the rear view for all of us, and we can just move on together. Uh, Well, let's get right to it here. I'm excited to introduce you to my friend Erica, who's joining me for this week's episode. Erica was actually a student during my very first years on staff at Minnesota State Mankato. Somehow, we made it out of the interview without her sharing any embarrassing stories of all the major crashing and burning I did as a young staff. And trust me, there are plenty of those. We had a great chat about having no clue what to do after graduation. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I've had no clue what to do stepping into almost every new phase of life, so this conversation really felt like a comfortable place for me. Erica has some great wisdom for us on what to do and how to approach God during these seasons of life. Oh, and before we start, I'll tell you that just a few minutes into my conversation with Erica, my daughter Aurora decides to join in. Uh, You'll get to hear part of it. Thanks for bearing with the awkward transition it creates. That's a good thing that she's cute. All right, here we go. Enjoy the chat with Erica. Erica, welcome to the podcast. It's super great to have you here. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. How have you been doing? Good. It's cold out today, but I'm inside and I'm talking to you, so that's better. So for people who are listening, Erica and I have known each other for uh, what feels like a really long time. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We have some experiences with InterVarsity together. I'm trying to remember, did we have student overlap? Like, was I still a student when you came on? Yeah, yeah, you were a student. You were just one of one of the crew. I think for about a year. Okay, that's kind of what I thought that it would have been my last year of grad school when you came in as a student and then the rest was volunteer and staff, which is always kind of weird when you're transitioning and working with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So then just for the sake of filling people in here who don't know us, Erica, where did you go to school and when did you graduate? So I graduated in 2014 and I went to Minnesota State University. I should say we went to Minnesota State University, Mankato or MSU. Yeah, that's right. We would say the MSU. There are some people that would fight us on that. Oh, really? The (laughs) MSU? Is the other one more? Oh, no, the other one is like Michigan State, who would actually claim the MSU, I think. (laughs) I probably would have known that back in the day, but... um... (laughs) That's all right. Okay, so it's been about seven years since graduation. Yeah, it has been seven years. Wow. And what are you doing now? So right now I am working from home like the rest of the world, but I've been in this job for about a year. I work for a software company and it's with electronic data interchange. Basically, I look at spreadsheets all day long. I work with customers to help them fill out the spreadsheet the way they need to so that when you go to Shields, you can buy a certain product 
and you have all the item data information about that product. So, you know, the gloves information, if you wanted to buy it online, anyways. This is one of the great things about the job that I've had for the last eight-ish years or so, is every time that I sit down with a student or now alumni and talk to them about what they're studying or what they're doing, I learn new things about jobs that exist that I didn't know existed. Yeah, and jobs that you can get that are not necessarily in your field of study. I mean, if we were to just take a moment and say, okay, so given what I've said about my job, what do you think my majors were? Yeah, I would imagine that it's something in the computer science world or in the business world or some combination. Uh, is that what it was, Erica? No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> so I got a Bachelor's of Arts in Communication Studies and a Bachelor's of Science in Spanish. Okay, so not related at all. Mm -mm, not at all. And I, um, I do my job and I like my job and they like me and it's a good fit. And so, I don't know, I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like there's a little bit of a discrepancy between what you studied and what you're doing now. We'll dig into that in a little bit. First, I want to keep us in the good old days here for just a little while. Tell me just a little bit about how you got involved with InterVarsity. Great question. You know, I was thinking about this and trying to remember because I couldn't remember okay. how it all happened, right? Um, I think the long story short, I was invited by a friend of a friend, my mother, Judy, right? She's like, oh, my daughter's going to Mankato, you know, your daughter goes to university, right? And so, you know, Judy gets me all hooked up with this girl that I don't even know. And she starts inviting me to these things that I'm so scared to go to because I don't have any friends and I don't know anyone. But after her incessant kind, they were kind. She was really <laughs> nice to invite me, but you know, it feels like a, a lot. She invited me several times. I went and honestly, I can't even remember how it went, but I think I volunteered to help out with something. And then it was like, oh, by the way, there's this opportunity. And then it's like more responsibility. And oh, would you like to host a I don't remember if we called them Bible studies or what we called them. They went through so many iterations of names, <laughs> what, what, whatever was in vogue in InterVarsity at the time. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was Bible study, right? And then it just kept going from there. Oh, would you like to do this? Much more responsibility here. Much more involvement here. This activity, this. Would you like to lead that? And of course, friendships that I found and I really started to like who I was hanging out with. It just was a good fit. Were those welcome invitations or were you somebody that was like, oh, somebody asked me to do this. I'll say yes, because I'm nice. Or was it like, no, I love getting involved in these ways. Thank you for asking me. You know, it was more of like, this will probably get back to my mom if I <laughs> ghost this girl like four times in a row, right? No, it was, it was my first semester. I was scared. I didn't have any friends and walking into a room of people you don't know is scary. But my sister also encouraged me to get involved in a Christian group of some kind on campus because, because she told me to. And I was like, okay, well, she's <laughs> my older sister. She kind of knows what's right. So I tried other groups as well and enjoyed those as well. But it was just that incessant invitation. And, and then I just got snagged at one time to do that one thing. <laughs> and then I made great friends and my life was changed. I think it was my second or third time going to an InterVarsity large group and having one of those moments where somebody stood up at the front and they were like, we could really use uh, some help on the worship team. If there's anybody that sings or plays guitar or anything like that, we would love to invite you to come and be a part of the team. And I just remember sitting there being like, 
are you serious god i came <laughs> i came i came here to sit down and to receive and to you know to learn that's why i'm here and i just want to hang out with other christians i don't want to do anything are you kidding me and i just felt that like in the pit of my stomach one of those moments where god was like john this is why you're here tonight i remember there had been a gap in between that time that i was there and the last time that i had come like several months in between and then that's the night that i show up and i'm like dang i'm supposed to i'm supposed to be on the worship team with this group okay fine <laughs> fine see this is why i don't come god that's what i say <laughs> exactly. this is why i don't come to these things yeah so as you think about those moments that you had are there particular memories that stand out to you as like this was a really impactful experience that i had with my chapter that i will carry with me for a long time there are several things that come to mind probably one of the most important is that i met one of my best friends and she has been with me through a lot of stages and phases of life and i just consider that such a blessing and we're probably going to hang out this weekend so thank you god for best friends i think about our trip to st louis where we started learning about racial reconciliation we learned about the reality of st louis as a city how it was affected by race economics the systemic racism things that i had not really considered right and it's interesting now how i i live in minneapolis i live a couple miles from where george floyd died and I am a volunteer staff with a church that's multicultural staff and that service trip. How it opened my eyes to things about my country and about my world that I was blind to. Also, I remember we would have this garage sale for international students. Yeah, the international student furniture giveaway. There it is. Yeah, I remember I had a truck, so I offered to move some furniture and I met two women that just kind of became friends with. Our paths crossed in that moment. And it was just a really cool thing for God to do. And that wouldn't have been possible without my involvement in university. And Steve Beatty saying, hey, Erica, can you bring your truck over here? <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> Gosh, it is amazing how often these relational experiences are the things that stand out for people in their times within our varsity. I, I fully believe that there are specifically spiritually formative experiences that we have, but so many of those get couched into these relational experiences. And I think that the relational things are like the soil that lets these spiritual things grow and, and, and that helps those things flourish. But so often for me, it's those relational things that stand out to me as like, wow, this is so powerful. So continuing to move down the road of your college experience and then transitioning into your after college, after university experience, as you were approaching graduation, what kind of expectations did you have for your life? What did I expect things to be like? You know, I don't know if I expected anything. I was scared to graduate. I didn't know what life was going to have for me. I wasn't excited about anything. I was just seeing this as a really good opportunity to fall flat on my face and for all my friends and family to see it, right? For all those people to say, yeah, so that communications and that Spanish degree, huh? What are you doing? Oh, you haven't gotten a job yet? Okay, well, you'll get one. So I was really scared and it was a hard transition. Were those 
actual things that people were saying to you or were those things that you were like transposing onto people? You know, see, this is where your degree, <laughs> Dr. Steele, <laughs> no doctor. Gets, gets us into trouble. No, these were fears of mine. Everyone was like, you'll be fine. I know you'll do great, which was nice to have that support, right? But what does you'll be fine mean? What does you'll do great mean? How do I do that? I don't know. I know how to study and be a student. That I'm really good at. I've been doing that my whole life. Pause for one second here. <laughs> okay, this is John, the narrator, breaking in for a moment here. I promise I didn't just shoo Aurora out of the room. She got to enjoy a nice conversation with Erica, too. But lesson learned, always chat with your podcast guests after the two-year-old has gone to bed. Okay, back to Erica as we try to regain our train of thought. Uh, let me see here. Before Aurora came in, we were talking about expectations going into graduation. You didn't really have any because you were having these fears of people thinking that you were going to fail and you being afraid of failing as well. What does that do for somebody that's about to graduate? Um, for me, it kind of paralyzed me in the sense of I don't really know what little baby step I can take towards anything because I don't know which direction I'm going. And I don't even know where to go or what to do. And I get stuck and don't do anything. And this is actually a big lesson that I've been learning in these past seven years. I've always had this notion, you know, God's got a plan, right? This is a phrase we hear quite a bit, just comforting, right? God knows what's up. He knows what's going to happen before it even happens, which is so very true. But how does that help me now? I don't know which direction to go. And I kind of approached life waiting for God to reveal these divine next steps that I should take to confirm these decisions. And I was just kind of sitting back in fear and also a little bit of like, well, well God's got a plan. He's going to make it happen. Oh yeah, God can make a lot happen. And he does make a lot happen. But my active part in this is very valuable. And actually without it, I just kind of spun my wheels. And that's something that I learned a lot of. I highly recommend the book, Just Do Something. Don't remember the author names. So. That's okay. People can Google it. They're good at Googling. We're, we're all good at that. Go to the Google. <laughs> that's right. But um, God really can do so much with so little. And in the sense of me offering little, making small steps or making, attempting things here or attempting things there. He can use it all and he has used it all. That makes me think of things that you read in scripture where we have these snapshots, these moments in people's lives where so often we see God showing up in really big ways. And I think that we forget that there are decades in between so many of these stories that people are living their lives, they're making decisions, thinking about Abraham in particular, of some of the places where you have these zoom in moments, God shows up, he says, I promise this is what's going to happen in your life. And then it's like 25 years later, it zooms back in again. So forgive me, all the Bible nerds who are listening, I can't remember the exact timelines and chronology here of amount of time in between these moments. <laughs> so forgive me, it's probably You can't wrong. call people Bible nerds. <laughs> Sorry, Bible, Bible smart people. Gurus. Uh, <laughs> gurus, that's, that's great. Yes. But either way, I think so often we just squish all of those together of like, this is the day-to-day -day timeline of Abraham's life and God shows up and then he goes to bed and the next day God shows up and he tells him what to do. 
And we just forget that there is so much time in between these big stories. And we set these unrealistic expectations for what God's intervention in our life looks like. So true. And in that time when we're waiting for God's promise or we're waiting for that really big thing, those decades, God's still using that. I'm still growing. He's growing me, I should say. I'm still able to serve. God uses that time too, even though we might not feel it and we don't really see it because it's not really any big deal. We live these day-to-day lives that just feel the same one right after the other, but then you look back on weeks, months, years of life, and you're like, wow, I actually am really different than I was, and God showed up here and there and there and there, and I didn't even realize it. Didn't even realize it. That's a really good word of how often we can just sit and spin our wheels instead of, even while I'm waiting on the Lord to show up, I can be active and testing things out and I can still be faithful while I'm waiting. There's actually a song about that called While I'm Waiting. I remember that from back in my college days. I also don't remember who the author is, but again, (laughs) Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So then what did you do after graduation? Well, thank you for asking. I spun my wheels. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) um, Because that was what I was learning. I applied to probably three jobs and got to the last set of interviews was between me and another candidate i think three times and i didn't get it three times and you're talking to an a student here like i'm talking 98 like real true a student so when an achiever gets shut down three times in a row not measure up three times in a row whew, it hurt so in the blessing that i had of being my mother's daughter who's a flight attendant my mother said oh honey just go on a nice little trip Long story short, I went to Colombia, traveled up through Panama, went to Costa Rica. I had studied abroad in Costa Rica. I had done an internship in Costa Rica. And I sit down with the owner of this company that has now bought out the place that I did the internship. And he was like, oh, hey, I recognize you. You want a job? I was like, oh my gosh, is this real life? Yeah. So that was October. And by March of the next year, I was moving to Costa Rica. And by April 1st, I started my job with that organization. I worked with them for about two years. And I lived in Costa Rica for five years. What were those five years like for you? Those five years were a huge blessing. It was that adventure that I had craved, that desire to learn other cultures, to meet other people, to grow myself and my language abilities, to live near the beach just things that god was like oh here you go here's an option really is this a trick is this a trick you know (laughs) but it actually turned into the biggest heartbreak of my life too that was also god's provision and his protection i felt like god was leading me out of costa rica and i was heartbroken i still am in certain ways but think about my grandma who's now in heaven and I think about what would she say well you know God's got a plan and you're like gosh darn it you know (laughs) but what does that translate to God loves you God cares for you God is going to provide for you give you more than maybe you would ask for and protect you and keep you and use you that's amazing that this experience would turn from something that started out as this unexpected blessing this place that you never thought you would get to end up these experiences you never thought you would get to have for this extended period of time that transitions into heartbreak that 
also is a vehicle for God showing you his grace and his provision and how much he loves you. It's crazy. It's annoying, really. (laughs) It's really annoying. So then, Erica, as you think about where you are right now, it would seem to me that maybe you expected failure. (laughs) You know, I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Have your expectations been met? First of all, what is failure, right? What does that even mean? No, life after college has been more than I could ever desire or even expect. So much more meaningful as well. I didn't realize that when people say like, you know, God is going to use you and God is going to work through you, that that's what this means. There's meaning in my monotonous life and I can't see it in the moment. But when I look back, I'm like, holy moly, that was full of so much richness And thank you, God, because Erica in college could not have imagined that. So then there's been some difficulties, some experiences that you've had, but that you've seen God show up in. Are there things in day-to-day life post-graduation that you're just like, this is something that I really love about life after university, life after college? I really love being involved in the local church. And it's actually a church plant. It's very cool. I know you're part of one too. Yes. You leave university, you leave college, you leave kind of a little bit of a safe bubble. And so now growing without that safety net can be scary, but I've really enjoyed being a part of church. Almost every guest on the podcast so far has talked about some real challenges getting plugged in with the church. And I'm not saying that you haven't had those. But what you just shared sounds like there has been some really life-giving stuff that's happened as a result of being plugged into your church. Are there things that you can look back and say, this is what's really helped me have a positive, growing church experience after college and after university? First one is definitely seek it out. It's not going to fall into your lap. In my personal experience, it was clear to me which church to land on because I felt God convicting me and pulling me. I I felt at peace about the decision. And so being obedient to that, I mean, God did the rest. So seeking it out and actually taking the opportunities that showed up for you, which interestingly sounds a lot like what your getting plugged into InterVarsity experience was. For sure. There are places where you have to take some initiative, even if it's scary. And there are places where maybe you just need to say yes, even if it feels out of place from the norm. Yeah, if it feels challenging, if it feels like I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough of a Christian, I'm not enough of a Bible nerd, to use your words. (laughs) Just kidding. It's like, okay, I don't feel good enough. I don't know what your expectations are of me. I'm going to try my best. And when I say your expectations, it could be my pastor's or my chief of staff's expectations. But even God, like, God, what do I really have to offer here? I don't know. Yeah, sometimes your yes is what you have to offer. And then it's just like, all right, Lord, tell me where to go next. Okay, so Erica, what I want to know is now that you've had all of these experiences, these seven years of post-intervarsity experiences, is there anything that you would tell about to graduate Erica to help you navigate the seven years that would come? I would tell Erica in 2014, it's really going to be okay. Even when it's not okay, it's okay. And not to get caught up in the world of success or money or a great career move or having what maybe my friends have on Facebook and it looks like they're really making it after college 
and I'm not, I would tell myself that God is going to provide and care for me and to just do something because God can and he will use you and he loves you and he's going to take care of you in all stages of your life, not just while you were a student. It makes me think of Psalm 23, where it talks about he leads me on paths of righteousness. And then the very next line is, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes the paths of righteousness lead through the valley of the shadow of death, where there are plenty of things to fear, but I will fear no evil. And just because you're in a scary place doesn't mean that that's not right where God wants you and where he's going to protect you and lead you through it. And use you for his glory. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Podcast. (laughs) The end. Erica, it has been super awesome to talk to you. I think that you have shared some things that are going to be really beneficial for people. I'm going to speak on behalf of them and say that we're really grateful for your time. uh, Oh man, it's been so fun. Thank you for having me. Well, that was a fun little walk down memory lane with my old friend, Erica. Seriously though, how often do we get stuck doing nothing because we're afraid of making the wrong choice? Now, I think there's a difference between making wrong moves initially because we were actively testing out options to see where God was leading us versus making dumb choices because we're living the YOLO life. Is that phrase still relevant? Probably not. Anyway, the point is, this isn't license for you to join the professional Fortnite circuit because you can't think of anything better to do. Uh, Instead, if you feel stuck, keep asking God where to go, but start trying some things out while you're waiting for him to respond. You just might be surprised how he shows up. Well, let me say just one more time how great it is to be back with you all. I'm excited to say you won't have to wait two months for another episode because we're going to start dropping them weekly for the next few months. I hope you're ready because I most definitely am. Join me next week for my chat with Nika from the University of Minnesota. See you next time, alumni.